0: Welcome to the Vile Dawn podcast for Friday, March 13th. Uh, Stocks are attempting to rebound this morning. The rebound is pretty tentative and relatively mild, but they are rebounding. So the S&P futures are up about 67 points. That is about 2.7%. Europe's major indices are rallying about a percent and a half. Um, Keep in mind, they're still tracking down about 20% week to date. Asia finished in the red for the most part, although the indices ended well off their lows, and you did have some pockets of green, including Australia and India. Um, you know, so I think what we're seeing today is simply just an oversold bounce from, um, you know, a a, a a relatively dead cat bounce from extraordinarily oversold levels. Um, you did have a variety of different response measures announced overnight. And then anticipation of more to come. So you have various liquidity injections from central banks in Australia, Japan, Indonesia, and Sweden. You had the Bank of Norway, the Norges Bank, come out uh, with a 50 basis point cut following an emergency meeting. And then you have China now, as we speak, at about 5.15, China came out and cut bank uh, reserve ratios. So central banks are responding across the board in Asia and Europe, You know, relatively mild at the margin, nothing too dramatic. Um, you certainly are seeing central banks take action. Um, you know, just circling back to the ECB, I wrote a lot about it yesterday. I'm not going to spend too much time. Um, you know, I think the policy announcement was a little bit unconventional. There were a lot of different moving pieces to it. You didn't have the big kind of rate cut headline that I think people are used to. You did have the APP get ramped back up, and you had a variety of different liquidity measures. Um, you know, so I felt in general, it was a relatively powerful announcement. I think rhetoric is super important in times like these. And, you know, I don't think, um, you know, I think Lagarde fell a little bit short of what her predecessor would normally be able to convey at a time like this, as far as just kind of calm and resolve. So there was one remark she made about how, you know, quote unquote, it's not the ECB's job to close spreads responding to Italian BTP pressures and and the widening gap between BTP and bun yields. Um, you know, she she walked that comment back later in the day on in a CNBC interview, but I think the damage had been done. Um, uh, Philip Lane, who's the ch- ECB's chief economist, obviously a, a relatively powerful and important person at the ECB, posted kind of a follow-up blog post this morning, um, you know, just, I think, clarifying all that the ECB did, why it is important, and then I think, um, you know, essentially saying that it is the ECB's job to close spread. So, you know, kind of um, utilizing some of that whatever it takes rhetoric that that Draghi um, had used so effectively uh, back during the eurozone finance crisis. Um, you no, know, so I think that's the big news: is a variety of different central bank actions coupled with very oversold levels. That's kind of a, a leading to this bounce that we're seeing today. Um, in the U.S., Pelosi and the White House reached an agreement on a fiscal response package for the crisis. Now, keep in mind. This really only contains a lot of the minor measures that have been floating around Washington for the last several days. So this is not really a new um, fiscal plan. Um, you know, this does not contain a payroll tax cut. The numbers will really not add up to anything too meaningful. so i don't I don't think that's as important as some of the headlines are making it out to be. It does look like Trump could declare a national disaster. Again, this is a legal designation. That a lot of people had been pushing him to do. Apparently, according to reports, he'd been reluctant just because it would, you know, quote unquote, um, you know, create negative messaging effects as far as the nature and scope of the crisis. But he apparently will declare a national disaster. It's unclear when that will be. That will free up certain funding that can be directed towards coronavirus relief. So, certain FEMA funding um, that normally would go towards you know, you know weather related disasters and, and and events like that will now be able to kind of be directed towards the coronavirus. Um, and then obviously you have the Fed, which yesterday, um, you know, I don't, th- it, it was a very confusing announcement the way they released this kind of unscheduled press release, um, not even on, on the hour it was, you know, they released it about 1250-ish. Um, you know, whether it is QE, it's not QE. Again, the fact it came from the New York Fed suggests that um you know it's more it aimed at resolving market mechanic issues rather than um an actual incremental monetary policy decision um you know i do think though that it raised the bar for the fed coming up on wednesday on the 18th whereby um you know the markets clearly are not all that enamored with rate cuts so the markets are going to be responding to central uh, to balance sheet utilization and so i think it's incumbent upon the fed on wednesday that they do either um, talk explicitly about reviving quantitative easing in the nearest term or actually do it on Wednesday. And so I have a preview that I wrote on um, the Fed that I published yesterday. I have a link to the, in the vital dawn this morning, Um, you know, just talking about the various different actions that the market expects of them. Um, You know, like I said, that, that New York Fed announcement midday yesterday I think was almost negative. It did create a brief spike, but it just, it just created more confusion um for markets as far as how they should be interpreting fed action um and then and then i think it kind of again raised the bar for what the markets anticipate out of the fed on wednesday um in terms of uh just circling back quickly to europe on the fiscal front um the eurozone finance ministers have a meeting on monday the head of that group had an interview in the ft this morning and talked about how you will see a larger fiscal response from europe so um essentially kind of setting the stage for A larger um, fiscal stimulus announcement out of Europe coming up on Monday. I still think the numbers are going to be relatively mild in the grander scheme of things. Obviously, Germany is the one country that has a ton of fiscal capacity, has been very reluctant to use it. You did have some um, hopeful remarks out of various different officials, including Merkel and then Weidman as well, about how the, the Germany should be kind of abandoning its prior strict adherence to balanced budget rules. But I don't think you're really going to see the numbers um, be that dramatic. So I think you know th- they will maybe perhaps run mild deficits um, but it's not going to be enormous. So I wouldn't, you know, I think, I think it, it certainly is helpful in an, in an environment like this, but you're not going to see kind of shocking off fiscal numbers out of Europe on Monday. Um, so that's the, really the big backdrop in terms of macro news this morning. Um, you know, it is very interesting. You still see this very stark dynamic between the Asia coronavirus news and the U.S. European coronavirus news. So in Asia, where you had a lot of aggressive actions taken by a variety of different governments, starting with China and then also in South Korea, you continue to see um, remarkable progress on the case numbers. So, you know, the Chinese number, incremental case figures have collapsed, um, including in, in Hubei and Wuhan, which had been the epicenter. Um, and then in South Korea, too, which had been a major, um, you know, which had been probably the second biggest outbreak area in Asia after China. You're seeing a lot of progress on, on incremental case numbers as well. Um, you know, contrast that with the U.S. and Europe, where you still have a lot of issues on testing availability um, and and you know, you still have case numbers that continue to rise. And you have also higher mortality rates, especially in Italy. Um, you know, for some reason, the mortality rate in Italy is much higher than a lot of other countries with regards to the coronavirus. The US, you're seeing an enormous amount of uh cancellations restrictions put in place on travel and assembly. Um, and I'm not gonna run through everything, there's too many to list. So, all the various sports events had been canceled. Um, you know, schools are closing across many different states. So, you know, you are seeing aggressive response. Um, you know, that so while the the Asian earnings shock is kind of lifting, especially in China with the where the supply chain had shut down February, um, you know, that is a kind of ending, but you're now seeing the second shock occur in the US and Europe in response to all these um restrictions in place. You know, ideally, hopefully, um you know this can arrest the U- the US and European coronavirus numbers so you can start to see hopefully you can see the case count numbers start to level off um but i do think you know you are probably going to have to write off now q1 earnings but also q2 for a lot of different companies um you know the question is can you actually arrest the coronavirus crisis in which case you'll see a a kind of rapid normalization by uh, q3 Or is this something that's just going to linger um, into the end of the year? And then obviously, this has huge political implications. So, um, you know, I think if you if you not only obviously Trump is grappling with an economic and and financial market crisis, but I think, too, if you look at the um, the exit polling numbers and, and the specific the specific results of these primary contests with Biden and and the the support he is seeing and then i think the what is motivating voters to come out that also bodes very very poorly i think for trump in november um you know so there there clearly i think is going to be um you know i think people need to be reassessing their their views on the upcoming election and trump's prospects for a second term um you know I, I, like i said coming out of this week the odds of Trump losing, I think, are much higher than than they had been. Um, so that is really m- everything. You know, I, yesterday morning I had called for a bounce in the market. Obviously, uh, that did not happen yesterday. I, I still am sticking with that view, though. I still think that we're due for kind of an oversold bounce. I'm not calling for an end to the crisis at all, and I and I really don't think you're going to see a V-shaped rebound back to the highs. Um, you know, as I've been as I've been saying, I think that valuations were way too elevated even before the coronavirus. But I think you can still see a a oversold rebound in the market. Um, On the calendar for today, you really don't have much um, at all as far as scheduled news, although you probably are going to see some headlines out of Washington, like I said before, in terms of these, um, you know, the White House, uh, the the White House Pelosi deal on this fiscal package, and then potentially Trump signing this national declaration, uh, disaster declaration. Uh, And that is it for today, um, you know, I just quickly into next week. Obviously, the Fed on Wednesday is the big news. You're going to have a lot of other central banks meeting too, including Brazil, Japan, Taiwan. But the Fed will be the big one. Um, this OPEC Plus technical advisory committee is supposed to hold a phone based meeting on the 18th. Unclear if that's actually going to going to take place. You have the Eurozone finance ministers meeting, like I said, on Monday. Um, Biden and Bernie are supposed to have another debate this Sunday on the 15th. And then you have the next round of primaries on the 17th. Um, you know, it's just a matter of time before Bernie drops out. Florida will be the big state on the 17th and Biden is supposed to crush Bernie there. So, you know, Bernie really has no path to the nomination. Um, I would suspect by the end of next week, he he could be out of the race so that is everything uh, for today. There were actually just quickly a bunch of earnings out last night too. I won't run through them all. I have all the details in the Vital Dawn. Um, Oracle, Adobe, Ivago were the big ones. So that is everything for today. Thank you for listening.